I'm Chris Goodwin with Goodwin Farms in Alvarado, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, Texas voters will decide the fate of a right-to-farm constitutional amendment. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The Texas Senate passes a proposed constitutional amendment on right to farm that now heads to the voters of Texas on the statewide November 7th ballot. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more from the state capitol on Texas Ag Today. Farmers in the Dumas area have been contracted to grow hemp this year, even though their product probably won't be needed until next year. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley, extreme south Texas, is hit with massive storms. Citrus harvest, well, it continues on. Watermelons, onions, we'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas voters will get to decide on a constitutional amendment to protect the right to farm. The proposed amendment was passed by the Senate Thursday after being passed by the House earlier in the session. South Texas farmer and president of the Texas Farm Bureau, Russell Baining, told the Senate Committee on Water, Agriculture, and Rural Affairs the amendment is needed to protect future generations of Texas farmers and ranchers. We can't count on a future legislature to be as friendly to Texas farmers and ranchers as you folks are today. We could lose our right to farm protections in statutes, good statutes that are being brought up at this time. We know this state will continue to change, but we count on our constitutional rights to protect us. I can't imagine where we would be today without the protection of our property rights in the Constitution. But we need those rights protected for the responsible production of food and fiber from regulatory overreach. Now with more on the Right to Farm Amendment, here's Tom Nicoletti. In the state legislature, Texas senators have unanimously passed a proposed constitutional amendment on Right to Farm 31-0. Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director Charlie Leal is standing by in Austin. And Charlie, uh, what does this Senate vote mean for HJR 126 and Right to Farm legislation? HGR 126 by Representative Dwayne Burns out of Cleburne and Senator Charles Perry out of Lubbock does not need approval from the governor and will now head to the November 7th statewide ballot. 
Yes, and that ballot will be uh, the November 7th ballot for the voters of Texas. And what will citizens of Texas be voting on, Charlie? Texas voters will have to decide on whether or not the right to farm and ranch is actually placed into the Texas Constitution. And all this requires is a majority vote by voters. And that's correct. And and this protects the everyday practices used on all Texas farms and ranches, big and small, while still protecting the public from any imminent danger. Why is this such an important issue for Texas farmers and ranchers? Texas continues to rapidly increase in population, and it's critical that farmers and ranchers be able to grow the food and fiber for our state and nation as more and more ag areas are impacted by development and population growth. The measure in November will ensure not only the right for ag producers to farm and ranch, uh, this will ensure that Texans have access to safe and affordable food now and into the future. That is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director Charlie Leal at the state capitol. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. With dry conditions still prevalent in a big part of Texas, forage is still at a premium. And that means that wheat farmers may want to consider cutting their crop for hay instead of taking it all the way to grain this year. Westbred wheat agronomist John Fenderson says that may be the most profitable option for some Texas wheat growers. With the shortage of forage, though, that the Southern Plains in particular has, if you have enough forage out there to actually produce some hay, hey, that hay crop's probably worth a lot more than wheat is right now. We've been struggling a little bit with wheat prices based on some uh, market dynamics right now. So I would think about some forage there, uh, really, on some droughty crops because uh, they're probably not going to make a whole lot of grain. And if you rely on a custom harvester, forage may be the only option this year. Most people probably have hanging equipment. They may not have harvesting equipment, so they may be depending on a custom harvester. And I would guess with the spottiness of harvest, uh, there may be some custom harvesters that are going to make their way all the way to Texas and Oklahoma this year. They may just come to Kansas and stop, for all I know. Aaron Berger with the University of Nebraska estimates the value of wheat hay could be over $150 an acre this year. A listening session will be held here in Texas to gather stakeholder feedback on the Cattle Contracts Library pilot program. USDA's Agricultural Marketing Service is hosting the sessions in key cattle-producing states and will provide an opportunity for interested stakeholders to attend either in person or virtually. The first listening session will be held 4 p.m. Thursday, May 18th at the USDA Cattle and Carcass Training Center, on the campus of West Texas A&M University in Canyon. Farmers in the Dumas area have been contracted to grow hemp this year. But James Hunt says that hemp probably won't be needed until next year. The industrial hemp processing plant that is planned for Dumas won't come online this year as had been hoped, but instead should be up and running next year. However, despite the delay, hemp will still be grown for the plant this season. Kyle Huttenlocker is the CEO for Environmental Living Industries. We've entered contracts with farmers to grow for this year. Um, We may do a couple of grows, but the first one could be around 1,000 acres. Um, I'd like to get to 2,500 acres this year. 
Um, but there's no need to force it if we can't have the facility up and running before 2024. We'll have another growth season next year as well. For this year's production, Hutton Locker says Environmental Living Industries is working with three farmers in the Dumas area. That might sound kind of limited as opportunity goes, but Hutton Locker says as the company purchases hemp for industrial purposes, it wants to avoid contributing to the kind of oversupply problems that crashed the market for CBD hemp a couple years ago. We're going to contract directly with the farmers. We're going to say this is how much we can afford. We'll put the money aside in escrow so they know if they do it and they provide, we're going to buy it. And that will mitigate the risk. They don't have to worry about going to the market to try to offload anything that, that we don't pick up. We're going to buy it no matter what. So if there was a farmer that just decided to go out and grow the stuff on his own and then try to sell it to us, unfortunately, uh, we wouldn't be picking it up. We need it to be our seed, our genetics, and grown directly with our farmers. Hutton Locker says even when the time comes where the Dumas operation reaches maximum capacity, it will probably need only about six to eight producers to meet the plant's needs. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Extreme South Texas has been hit with massive storms. Jim Hearn has an update from the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas has been hit with a series of strong thunderstorms, hail, the size of oranges, and a lot of hail that was small marble to large marble size. Some of the thunderstorms carried near hurricane force winds, 70 mile per hour winds, with a lot of downed trees everywhere. We are getting a lot of inflow back into the reservoir system at both Falcon and at Amistad, and it looks like there will be a a lot of really good watermelons come Memorial Day. The onion harvest is winding down now. The citrus harvest of Valencia's and grapefruit does continue. Now, we still have a lot of fruit still left out in our groves. Right now, it, it's a toss-up question whether we'll get all that fruit harvested or we'll be losing a large share. The row crop situation is very good. Dryland crops are really looking good. Grain, cotton, and corn. The irrigation crops look good as well. The valley right now, well, we need to start drying out. And, of course, uh, we'll hopefully look for some drier weather down the road. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Texas teens have a few more days to apply for the Wildlife Conservation Camp. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. And hardware disease can be an issue with cattle. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. 
Hardware disease is an issue with cattle, but it isn't really a disease at all. Dr. Bob Judd explains. The medical term for hardware disease is traumatic reticulopericarditis. So you can see why using the term hardware is common. Three veterinarians from Kansas State recently discussed the disease on the Cattle Chat podcast and explained that hardware disease occurs when cattle put metal or sharp objects in their mouths, swallow them, and then the object punctures a hole in the animal's stomach. When this occurs, the animal develops an infection in the abdominal cavity called peritonitis. Commonly, the object ends up in the stomach compartment called the reticulum that lies just across the diaphragm from the heart, and many times the object punctures the reticulum and then punctures the membrane surrounding the heart called the pericardium. Cattle can eat all types of objects accidentally, including wires, nuts, bolts, and nails. As the object pierces the stomach wall, it carries bacteria with it from the intestinal tract that leads to infection. This is a very painful disease, and symptoms usually include difficulty breathing and cattle stand with their elbows out trying to take pressure off of the heart. The disease is not easy to diagnose, and sometimes an x-ray can be used to visualize the object causing the problem if it is metal. Treatment is difficult, as even if you surgically remove the object, which is not easy, The infection still remains, and antibiotics are not effective for treating these infections in many cases. Prevention of hardware disease focuses on keeping your pasture clean, and if exposure to metal objects is likely in your pasture, administer a magnet orally to the cow can help by preventing migration of metal objects. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas teens have a few more days to apply for the Wildlife Conservation Camp. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. Texas high school students have a few more days to apply for this year's Wildlife Conservation Camp hosted by the Texas chapter of the Wildlife Society. The organization recently extended its deadline for students to apply to May 15th to give teens more time to get their applications in. This year's camp will be held July 17th through the 21st at the Texas Tech University Center in Junction. The camp provides a fun opportunity for teens to learn about nature, ecology, and wildlife in a healthy and secure setting. It is a week-long camp that allows teens the opportunity to learn from wildlife and natural resource professionals from across the state. The camp includes hands-on wildlife and conservation-focused activities so that campgoers can experience how everything in nature, including us, is interconnected. Camp organizers say it's a great opportunity for teens who may be interested in a wildlife or conservation-related career field in the future. The camp allows students to explore wildlife and plant ecology, species identification, wildlife management strategies, habitat diversity, animal behavior, wildlife tracking, predator-prey dynamics, and more. The fee is $350 per student and includes meals and lodging for the week. Scholarships are available. Campers and those who may be interested in volunteering or mentoring can apply at wildlifecamptx.org. That is wildlifecamptx.org. Again, the new deadline to apply is May 15th. Those interested in donating to the camp by sponsoring campers or otherwise contributing can do so at the same website. That's wildlifecamptx.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel.
It was a rough week for the cattle market. We wrapped it up on Friday with the mixed close on live cattle lower on the feeder market. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.COM. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We wrapped up a tough week of trading in the cattle futures market on Friday. We ended with a mixed close on the live cattle market, lower on the feeder cattle. The two nearby contracts higher on live cattle with June up 35, 161.92. The August up 7, 159.50. October live cattle down 27 cents. 163.57. Feeder cattle lower across the board with May feeders down $1.12, 202.52. August down $1.72 at 221.42. September feeders down $1.62, 225.05. Cash fed cattle trade the past week happened early in the week. Tuesday kicked off the trade at 172. That's a buck lower. Most of our business was done by Wednesday. That 172 price held. Up north, dressed cattle sold mostly for 281. That's three bucks lower than the previous week. Boxed beef prices higher Friday. Choice up 22 cents, 309.74. Select up $1.46 at 288.95. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Kelly Thigpen, our first guest, Pearsall Livestock. How'd you sell cattle Wednesday? I thought we got along good. Larry ended up with uh, 489 head of cattle, and I thought the market was sure plenty good, uh, pretty much fully steady with what it was last week on the calves and yearlings. Uh, a lot of activity on all all classes there. That on the, on the cow and bull side of things, so it was sure fully steady. Could have been a dollar better uh you know i guess best packer cow there today break a dollar three and the best bull a dollar 18 i believe so it's a good strong market all the way across the board like i said a lot a lot of activity on those kids they're sure sure selling good for big to little so uh we're just glad to glad to get that one behind us glad all the good ones next week well tell everybody how to get there you can call us there at the office, 830-334-3653. Mobile number is 334-1047. Website is Neighbor, now let's go to Uvalde. Talk to Klein Spear from Southwest Livestock Exchange about his sheep and goat sale. Klein, how'd they sell? Well, well, Larry, I uh, kind of seen about a 15, 20 cent increase cross board. Kind of good to see the market headed back the right direction. We had the 900 head yesterday. I was heavy lambs, $1.20 to $1.90. I was light lambs, $1.50 to $2.40. I was packer, packer used, $60 to $1.25. And those thin packer used, 40 to 80 Packer nannies, 50 to $1.30. And those fat Spanish nannies, $1.15 to $1.65. And those stocker nannies, $1.40 to $2.35. So get Cabrito yesterday, $2.50 to $3.40. And those lightweights, $1.50 to $3.70. And the Billies yesterday, $1.65 to $2.20. So uh, good to see that market kind of on the up this week. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Klein Sphere. 
Call us the office, 830-278-5621, or my cell phone, 830-591-3241. Neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. You've been listening to us on Texas Ag Today. Let's head back over to the futures market now. Where lean hogs finished lower on Friday. May hogs down a dollar fifty-five, seventy-five fifty-two. The June down three thirty-seven at eighty-three seventy-seven. Class three milk was lower. Nearby May milk down fourteen cents, sixteen fifty-four a hundredweight. The June contract down six at an even seventeen dollars a hundred. Nice jump in the cotton market on Friday. Spillover support from Thursday morning's strong export sales report. Also, the textile mills seem to be fixing some of their short-bought contracts. That boosted the market higher as well. And traders keeping an eye on the drought monitor and weather forecast for West Texas. Thursday's drought monitor did not seem to show much improvement, but we do have some slight chances of rain in the forecast as West Texas farmers are getting ready to roll the cotton planters. July cotton up 214 points Friday, wrapping up the week at 83.90. October up 186 points, 84.02, while December cotton was up 184 points, 83.24 cents. Corn market wrapped up the week on a higher note. May corn up six and three quarters, 6.53 and a quarter. July up seven and a half, five ninety-six and a half, with new crop September corn up seven and a half at five thirty-seven a bushel. And we continue to see strength in the wheat market as tensions between Russia and Ukraine have ratcheted up. Traders wondering about the fate of that Black Sea grain deal now. That's helped to support wheat prices a lot. July Kansas City wheat up 34 and three quarters, 833 a bushel. July Chicago wheat up 15 and a quarter. At six sixty and a quarter, in the energy markets, June natural gas was up a penny Friday at two eleven. June West Texas crude up two eighty five at seventy one forty one a barrel. The stock market sharply higher on Friday afternoon. The Dow up five hundred sixty five points thirty three thousand six ninety two. The Nasdaq up two hundred seventy nine at twelve thousand two forty six. The S and P up seventy nine at four thousand one forty. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.